Welcome to episode four of the Fort Worth Star Telegram's High School Podcast. I'm Peter Dawson. I'm here with, as always, with Brian Gossett. Brian, how are you doing today? I'm doing fantastic. Can you tell the, the football gods to slow the season down? Because we're already halfway through the season here, week six upon us. And another exciting episode here for the podcast, we're going to talk about Arlington Bowie again. They've been in the news for the past couple of weeks. Going to look at some uh, highlights from week five. Teams that are looking like real contenders. Of course, Allen uh, stays on the top. You know, they've won the state title last year. Let's see if any teams can knock them off. And then we'll look ahead at another exciting week six. Yes, yeah, so hard, obviously. Allen, probably the best team in the state, but so hard to repeat, as teams know. Alito maybe being yeah. the foremost example. Uh, and again, we're going to start, though. Uh, with Coach DeArmond, and if you don't know the story by now, uh, you should go check it out. Uh, Brian wrote it. It's on dfwvarsity.com. But Coach saved a woman uh, a couple weeks ago uh, from her car sinking uh, in the flooding that uh, heavy flooding that happened right. here in DFW. Uh, he hands her off the par- paramedics. He actually didn't get her name. It's kind of even more of a selfless thing. Uh, she didn't actually get a chance to thank him, uh, and they both thought that they might not see each other again until last Friday. You were there. Right. Uh, they had a prep rally and kind of a surprise. The uh, principal there said, you know, let's meet for uh, a parent meeting. And there's an angry parent. So <laughs> waiting inside, he was in the office waiting for this parent. And everyone else was outside on the football field. The students were rolling in and they blew up the inflatable tunnel, the bands, the cheerleaders. <laughs> and then finally he comes out and he talks and, um, the lady, her name's Eden Rossum, she's hiding in the inflatable tunnel. And until the principal, you know, cues her, she comes out, surprises him. And, um, you know, he talked about getting that opportunity to meet her again and, and get her name. And there's another gentleman there, uh, C.J. Mashburn, who helped DeArmond with this. She was able to thank him, but not uh, Coach DeArmond. So she's glad that she was able to be a part of this. And the media was there, TV stations. I was there, and uh, you know, we got to talk to Diarmin and uh, Eden Rossum here. No, I had no idea. You know, everything happened so fast. I didn't even know if I had a chance to say thank you. And once it got viral on, so, on, on the news and social media, and I found out his coach and, I, and where he was, you know, the coach at. I actually planned on coming here on my own on Monday, but the seniors contacted me, and so then I was like, okay, this is going to turn out to be a bigger, bigger production than I thought. You know, the, the coolest part. Is, uh, is getting to meet her. Um, I had said all along I was hoping I'd have that opportunity. Yeah, no, great, great stuff there. And it's funny, you know, I meant to mention this last week, but, you know, I was, uh, it, for those, I know plenty of people across DFW experienced that flooding, the mass flooding, and, and it affected uh, a lot of people's lives. But I think for those of who, you who didn't, just to give you an idea, I mean, I was coming out of, I was actually covering a Rangers game uh, right after Jeff Bannister got fired. And I had to come all the way back around 20. I couldn't get to 30 because the flooding had come downhill. You see water level up to cars. I mean, it was wild. Yeah, yeah and I covered a game at uh, Scarborough Hanley in Fort Worth, which is like five miles from my home. And, you know, coming back from it, it was just going 30 miles an hour on the freeway and uh, just very hard to see. And, you know, hopefully not too many people were affected. I know, I know uh, some homes were flooded and all, but... It looks like it's it's past, you know. Yeah, now, hopefully. Yeah. And uh, this this past week, week five, you know, dry. There's no postponements. There's no cancellations, delays. It was uh, it was back to football. 
Well, hopefully, I think I, you know, seeing on the weather report, there's rain scheduled for Saturday, oh, big man. thunderstorms for the Red River game. But hopefully, that holds off till then. And, right. and the Thursday, Friday games, they could get those in. Now, sticking with Bowie while we're here, the Volunteers won in Week Five at North Crowley, and more, as Brian likes to say, more video game stats in this one. Bowie won uh, 42 to 35, improving to three and one and one and zero in District Four and Six A. Uh, Brian, what kind of reports do we have from that game? Yeah, my buddy, uh, one of our stringers, Darren Lauber, was there covering it. Kind of tough trying to keep his own stats, trying to keep up with the game because North Crowley just keeps going and going. They don't even they don't even huddle up. Uh, it's like a constant two-minute drill. And I don't know, I've never heard of it uh, in high school football, but over 150 plays combined. Usually Jeez. we're talking 75 to 80 plays. I mean, 150, I think North Crowley finished with about 81, I want to say. Wow. I mean, it, it, real quickly, I mean, if you, if you, and I, and I know it's it's less rare, you know, with a lot of the big schools because they have guys that play on one side of the ball, but if you want any guys to go both ways and you're trying to stop, what, 80, 81 yeah. plays? I mean, that makes it pretty tough. That's not, that's, yeah, you're going to uh, tire your kids out. It's, it's tough, but yeah, North Crowley kept going. Over a thousand yards combined. I think North Crowley had 31 first downs and Bowie had 30. I've never heard of that. Uh, But I don't know if I'd want to cover that type of game. And just some quick stats. Deontay uh, Prevost is up for our running back player of the week. 21 carries, 225 yards, three touchdowns. Also caught a touchdown pass. North Crowley running back Ryan Fisher, 266 on the ground, two TDs. And uh, Ty DeArmond, the coach's kid, who's coming into Arizona State, School record, 28 tackles, uh, 15 by himself, 13 assisted, forced a fumble. And uh, like you mentioned, Bowie's 3-1 and one and looking good in District 4-6A. They should pick up a win here this week against Sam Houston, but they got a good test against undefeated Arlington uh, on October 12th. So might be heading to that game, but uh, we'll talk about that later uh, in the next podcast. Right, and going back, I think it's kind of interesting if you're a coach who has guys that go both ways, what, you know, do you focus on offense and do you try to keep pace with them points wise? Yeah. And that and that eighty plays or whatever, or do you say, "Man, I got to conserve strength and and try to see if I can stop them." And actually, uh, his son Ty Diarman plays both ways. He's plays free safety, plays wide receiver. He might actually play some, uh, you know, wildcat or quarterback. I don't know how much he did, you know, against North Crowley, but twenty tackles. I'm thinking he more focused on on the defensive side um, for That's that. Hunt, yeah. yeah. So uh, shifting over now, we're moving to District 5, 6A, district opener for South Lake Carroll and Keller, two undefeated teams. Both teams were 3-0. and Brian, you were at this game, and it looks like the Indians were going for the upset because we talked about Carroll looking so good and having uh, Riley Dodge, head coach, having everything right. The Indians going for the upset. For trying to get that first win over Carroll since 1999, almost what 20 years? Yeah, not quite. Not quite. But so, those kids weren't even born yet when they last beat <laughs> Carroll, and they hadn't played every year. I think it was like uh, 0 and 8. But still, and and even more mind-boggling was Keller was going for their first 4 and 0 start since 1967. <sighs> that's that's 50 years. Half century, yeah. Crazy. And, uh, you know, Keller's been this, they've been struggling uh, over the past couple of years. They were kind of average last season, five and six, kind of limped in the playoffs. And uh, 
you know, they were one of these three and O teams, you know, were they for real? I know maybe their non-district schedule wasn't as tough. They proved it to me. I think Keller is a playoff team. Um, they didn't quite get the win. Uh, Salt Lake actually beat them 56, uh, excuse me, 58-37. I know it's a 21-point game, but um, it's a lot closer. Than, closer than that. Yeah. And actually, um, again, some stats here, because Keller was able to do some some first-time things this season against Carroll. Uh, you know, they scored. Keller got the ball first, three and out. First play on Carroll's drive, 73-yard touchdown pass to uh, Will Bowers to Glenn Mitchell. Keller was able to reel off 16 unanswered points in the second quarter, actually took, um, you know, a lead, and it was the first time Carroll had been trailing all season long. Okay. And actually that that those points in the first half, uh, first time an opponent was able to score on Carroll in the first half this season, so... Good things, um, you know, from the Indians, just kind of second half, Keller might have thought, you know, let's stop playing with these guys and, you know, let's beat these. You know, we're, we're in the top 10 of the, the state rankings and the power rankings. And so Kel, uh, Carroll's starting to to gel, and uh, I think that's, that's pretty dangerous here for some of the other teams. But like I mentioned, um, 1967, last time Carol, uh, Keller finished, uh, started 4-0. And uh, the, the Carroll kids actually knew knew that going in. And that was kind of a goal was we can't, we can't, can't let, let it happen. We right? can't let it happen. So I was able to talk to uh, TJ McDaniel, big-time SMU running back commit, uh, season high, 258 yards, five touchdowns, and wow. got to talk to him after, after the game. Well, you know, we knew we were going to get their best shot because they haven't been 4-0 since 1967, I believe. And Look at you, you know it. Yeah, and um, so we knew that the whole town was going to come and support. We knew that um, we were going to get their best shot. You know, that we did. They showed it. We, they, we, they were leading at halftime, and, um, you know, we underestimated them a little bit in, in the first half and went in uh, second half, um, game plan, um, said we got to change our mindset and we got to treat this team like any other team. And that's exactly what we did, and we put up points in the second half. So we, we mentioned, starting with Keller, you know, the last thing, and I think it'll be interesting to see how they respond to this week. But in terms of Carroll, I think you look at it and you say it's in high school football, maybe, you know, as you go from high school to college to pro, I, I would actually put the pro game out of it, but high school and college, you have these great teams. And, you know, I think it's it's good for, for to see a little bit of adversity. And I think that they clearly, as you said, they saw that in this game. So, I, you know, it's a weird thing that, you know, I don't think too many people in the area or in the state are too used to hearing the uh, terms uh, South Lake Carroll and under the radar kind of right. juxtaposed together because that's obviously not how they've been traditionally. Yeah. Uh, but I think that that's where they are. And, and we've talked about them a lot on this show, but checked all the boxes so far. Yeah. And like I mentioned, they, they just keep getting better week in, week out. And uh, that's not good for some of these other 6A Teams and it looks like they're going to be six A Division One unless Keller and uh, Timber Creek make it, then they'll fall to D two, which you know I think you have a better shot because now you're not having to face Allen uh, later on in, around the state semifinals. But but yeah, it looks like um, Riley Dodge has things clicking there and his coaching staff and you know McDaniel there again talking, um, just coming out in the second half and really scoring points. They actually scored 23 points in the third quarter, and uh, McDaniel nearly rushed for 100 yards just in in one quarter. 
and the kid is just if you get a chance to watch him you know he's he's great to watch he's just such a workhorse he keeps moving his feet and all but, but yeah carol's got another big one this week against uh guyer who also a playoff regular through the years i believe they made the playoffs 10 of the past 12 seasons they're starting to look pretty good their top running back is uh he actually came back from injury put up uh, 184 yards last week so might be another test for Carroll, but uh, so far we've seen, at least from the Keller game, that adversity and, and coming back. So you still got to like Carroll's chances. Right. Uh, you know, you, you as usual, you're all over the, the DFW area. Another game you went to last week, DeSoto, Lake Ridge on Thursday night. DeSoto entered the week number two in uh, the Star-Telegram's power rankings, Brian's power rankings, uh, and they're predicted to win uh, the 7-6-A. Um, they look really good in the first quarter, get out to a 10-0 lead, but Lake Ridge turned it up in the second quarter. What happened after that? Yeah, Lake Ridge scored 21 points in the second, and it kind of started to look like a, you know, kind of a 50-45 type game. Uh, both defensives kind of stepped up in the third quarter. DeSoto took a late lead. Tyson Alexander with the touchdown run. Late, I think about 90 seconds left. Uh, and you delete, you're starting and deleting your stories right, and stats right. as you're going <laughs> along. And he scores, and they, they go up 29-28 with, uh, I think it was a minute 28. And actually, uh, one of our photographers were there was there getting uh, photos of his touchdown, and he was kind of running by him. And he tells me that uh, Alexander was like, this is too easy. This is, He's saying, this is too easy. This is too easy. And so uh, Lake Ridge comes back. I think they had maybe one or two timeouts. This, up to this point, Chandler Rogers, their quarterback, is playing great. He actually didn't play. Uh, he, he had slid awkwardly, and he was on the ground for a couple minutes, and he came off with a limp. He missed one play. We weren't sure how he was going to return, and, and, you know, could he be his normal self? Well, he just, you know, leads that drive, that win, game-winning drive. They actually had a fourth and 12. And he picks up 15 on his <laughs> on his his own power, and so, and then the final play, 14 seconds left, uh, 35 yard touchdown to Keelan Johnson. It was like the, it was the perfect pass. Uh, there's video on DFW varsity. I was gonna say the scene. I remember, I saw the scene on social media. Yeah, I mean, it looks for for a, a middle of the season game, not a playoff game, district game. Yeah, it was one. Of, it wild. was one of the top games, and that pass was so perfect. I mean, you slow it down and like inches away from a deflection and it was in the corner of the end zone and if you don't know uh keelan johnson he's he's uh the son of bj johnson who was a great texas high school football player over at south grand prairie had a great career at, at ut at texas um i think when he left he might have had the career receiving yards um there in austin but i guess it's uh in the genes as they say <laughs> so He's starting to come along. Keelan is, and Lake Ridge, yeah, looks good. They're three and one in, uh, overall, two and zero now in district. Of course, they're a team that comes up from five A. People are thinking, well, you're six A. You're the big boys. You're in this district. Can, can you make the jump? Yeah, and you're in this district of doom, seven six A. Uh, well, they've I guess answered the call here early. See if they can keep it going. And then that's obviously a great building block going forward. I mean, the the one. Obviously, it's a little bit of a different scenario, but the one that comes to me in terms of jumping divisions, obviously not here, is something like a Lake Travis, right, where you 
like Travis starts really small and people say every time they jump up, you say, well, yeah. can you do it? Can you do it? Can you do it? And you know, just, hopefully that's kind of a blueprint for right. teams to keep making that climb. Now we're going to talk about, I'm going to talk about a team here that people are probably sick of talking about, but as we inch closer to the playoffs, uh, halfway through the regular season for most teams and the question, at least in the biggest, uh, class and division in texas is can anyone dethrone allen and i'm sure you know they've had the bullseye on their back for the last for the last probably seven or eight years whether they've won a state title or not they're the number one team in the state five championships since 2008 they're off to a five and oh start they crushed mckinney last week 54 to 14 (laughs) over 500 yards on offense uh for allen there is there anyone in Dallas? Is there anyone in Fort Worth? Is there anyone in DFW that can slow this team down? I don't see it. I think Allen. <laughs> I think Allen uh, really has a great chance of of winning another one, and they seem to be a lot better than even last year's team. And I know we talked about this in our first episode, but you know Grant Tisdale, quarterback, he's an Ole Miss commit. Dio Weiss is their wide receiver, five-star. I think he's like the number three-ranked player in the, in the state, something absurd like that. He's an Oklahoma commit, easy easy target to throw to. He's, they got some big boys up front as well. The thing that's even tougher this year is that they're in Region 2 right, with for the, Division 1. With the region, yeah. Yeah, and so you wouldn't meet uh, – there's a lot of DFW schools in Region 1. You wouldn't meet those schools until about the state semifinals. Looking at Region 2, there's not really a lot of DFW schools. I think there's maybe three districts in Region 2 in terms of Dallas-Fort Worth. Uh, and then just kind of looking down the list, just kind of looking who are some of these top 6A schools, and I start to realize that a lot of these, a lot of the top ones are, are going to be Division 2 in the playoffs. And Allen, right. they're the largest Largest uh, school in the state with over 6,500 kids. Obviously, Division One. So, you know, Salt Lake Carroll, I mentioned, uh, probably 95% chance they'll be in Division One. Duncanville, I talked to a lot of people early on. They love Duncanville. They think Duncanville probably has the best shot of, of beating Allen. Okay. Ulysses Trinity, you know, again, one of those teams that as the weeks keep going and they keep clicking that's not good for these other schools right and uh you know some dark horses you know arnington again uh haven't got a chance to see them but they're undefeated you know Bowie's looking good but i, I don't know it's it's tough because once you get to you know by district area you keep going you just kind of i don't know some of it you're you might be wearing yourself out you're playing more games it might be a momentum thing i don't know but again you wouldn't meet Allen until late, so. And and uh, you, know, you know the problem with that too, right? Is that Allen by that point, you know, not only are you is your team kind of dealing with the grind, but Allen, assuming that they're still undefeated, which they probably will be, you're dealing with a team that's built up its own momentum, right? So yeah. they have the you know uh, you know their their coaching staff is probably telling their kids, you know, we've got a bullseye on our back, which is true, right? But it's also they've got this train rolling and the other teams that are trying to take them down have to deal with that. They get their first test in week seven, Plano East, a little quietly five and O another team in our six, a power rankings, 
pretty impressive win versus uh, Prosper, who was also undefeated heading into that game. Uh, but we're going to get into that more during next week's episode. Um, one, more, one more thing here. Uh, and Prosper, uh, excuse me, Plano East, you know, beat Prosper, I think, by 12 points. And I wasn't at that game, but I saw on social media that the, the students were chanting, we want Allen. And uh, be careful what you wish for. <laughs> you're gonna you're gonna wake up a, a monster. Yeah, that they, they, I you know looking at the Allen just kind of glancing over the Allen box scores. It you know it doesn't seem as scary as it is. It might not even seem like they've put forth what you would and I would probably call an angry performance. Yeah, I don't think I think they've been pretty clinical in how they've gone about things. But if you piss them <laughs> off, I, it's you might get make ang- it harder. You might get an angry Allen in week seven playing Luis. That's and you talk about the the just momentum at all. And I mentioned over sixty five hundred kids. I'm sure they have over hundred kids on their varsity team. So you're having to, to battle that. You know, some kids might be banged up or injured, but guess what? I mean, their depth chart is it's huge, and so you have to deal with that too when you face Allen. Right. So now. Shifting gears a little bit, we're moving along to the week six matchups to watch. Uh, Coppell versus Hebron. You have Geyer versus Carroll. Then uh, in the privates, we got Nolan Catholic versus Bishop Lynch. Uh, Burleson Centennial versus Burleson. And then this this one, and, and maybe Brian will go on a little bit. The U.S. Trinity San Angelo Central is a little bit intriguing to me considering both where both of those teams are at. And then finally, Birdville versus Grapevine. Brian, where will you be? I'll be at uh, Birdville and Grapevine on Friday. They're actually playing uh, over at Coppell because uh, Grapevine Stadium, uh, Mustang Panther Stadium, still under renovations. They thought it would be done by, uh, I think, September 28th last week. Uh, it's been backed up. So and so even Grapevine and Colleyville Heritage has been trying to play. A, from They haven't played a home game yet, so but Grapevine and Birdville over at Coppell, if, if you guys don't know it and want to go to that game, it's going to be a great game. Both teams undefeated, 4-0. You know, Birdville off to their best start since 2012 when the, I think they made the state quarterfinals and, and Grapevine. They're trying to go to 5-0 and for the first time since uh, 2006 uh, with the great Alan Bowman there at quarterback. And both teams have been doing pretty well on both sides of the ball. Birdville outscoring opponents 108. Grapevine at 119. You know, quickly, just some stats. Uh, Birdville quarterback Stone Earl, you know, 11 touchdown passes. Right, we talked about him before. Yes, and Ladarius Mixon, you know, very underrated running back. 600 yards rushing, eight touchdowns. Over on Grapevine, Cade Rhodes, their quarterback, 1,000 yards passing, 13 touchdowns, seven of those to wide receiver David Clayton. Might be a pretty good game. Last year, Grapevine won 42-32, and so who's going to be 5-0? and Who's going to get that win in, in district play? And uh, just kind of going back to that Euless Trinity and Santa Angelo Central game, I mean, you look at that preseason, and, yeah, that's like one of the top games to watch. You know, both teams made it to, uh, I believe, at least the third round of the playoffs. I think Trinity went to the state quarters. But San Angelo Central, not not as good as people had, had thought because they, they lost their quarterback uh, to an injury. For He'll be out for the year, senior season, Maverick, uh, Maverick there. He's a Texas Tech commit. And so I think Trinity is uh, just going to beat, beat them. And, yeah, it's a, it's a travel thing. I think it's a five-hour drive. Right, yeah, because they've got, always got a long way to go. Yeah, 
but uh, I think Trinity will will stay perfect. Another good one to watch in three five A Division One is Azel and Crowley on Friday. Both teams with identical four and one records, both three and zero in district play. Azel coming off a surprising start. They were picked to finish sixth, but they've actually won, like we mentioned, the four in a row. Defensively, they've allowed 23 points uh, during that winning streak. Uh, Drew, sorry, Dre Owen and Billy Copland both combined for nearly 800 yards rushing and six touchdowns. And real quickly, you know, I, I find Azel's start fascinating because obviously last summer and last year, you had to deal, Azel had the whole Ken Seals saga, Ken Seals. Leaves the school, you know, Azel files the complaint, the UIL, with the UIL. The UIL, uh, Ken Seals has, when he goes to Weatherford, has to sit out, or excuse me, has to play on JV for yeah. a year. You know, and, and you think, well, man, you know, Seals obviously is a huge four-star recruit. One of the best quarterbacks in Texas could be really at the top of the class, you know, by the time we get to next season. And then you have them off to such a great start. Seals has obviously been pretty good this year so far, uh, but with Billy Mathis, head coach Billy Mathis at Weatherford, they're two and two. So you look at it and you say, it's funny how things turn out, at least in that yeah. context. And Ken Seals, I mean, for he's in the 2020 class. He's actually the number one rated uh, pro style quarterback in the state for that class. So right, I mean, he's I'm, I'm looking at the list right now. I mean, it offers from Cincinnati, Minnesota, NC State. I mean, he's done visits with all the Big Twelve schools, LSU. I did a story this summer because he, he right. traveled over 9,000 miles. I think he went to 17 camps in, in about a month and a half. I know he went to like 15 in 20 days, something crazy like that, and, and top colleges and just, you know, doing drills and performing, to talking to those coaches. And, you know, Weatherford, they're a lot improved than last year, but, uh, uh, you know, they're obviously in the class above Azo, and so they played – some tougher opponents, but um, in talking about the Hornets, it is nice to see them off to this four and one start with Coach Devin Doris, and yeah, it's a, it's a good game this week. Um, Azo hasn't made the playoffs since 2014, and you know, like you mentioned, they're three and zero in district play, and looking off look like they're going to be a playoff team. I think Boswell's still the favorite to win that district title, so this very well could be for the the second place. And Crowley's kind of in that same boat as Azo. They kind of started off slow. Azo lost their first game of the season. Crowley, you know, first two games, they only scored 21 points. Now they're trying to find their identity on offense. I think they found it. Uh, last, th- <laughs> last three games, they've scored 44, 42, and 53 points. Running back Dominique Johnson, who was our uh, running back player of the week last week. Right. He's already got 125 carries this season, 677 yards, and 10 touchdowns. So I think it's safe to say we know what type of offense uh, Crowley is. And, yeah, it's a good game. Absolutely. Uh, Before we wrap up, a few scheduling notes as usual. Uh, You can follow me, Peter Dawson, uh, at PT underscore Dawson. You can follow Brian at? Gossett41, one T. One T in Gossett. And, Brian, uh, before we go? Uh, what what kind of stories and uh, and rankings can we expect from you uh, in the coming days? As usual, every Tuesday, five things where I look at five things I learned from uh, the previous week and then five things to watch for the following week. I also got power rankings every Wednesday. Um, starting to be more consistent 
uh, with these teams on the bottom. I know usually I, I rank those nine tens and and two days later they lose, so I <laughs> start to jinx them. But it looks like as we get along, you know, those teams keep winning, so I don't have to do too much work there. Right. Um, you know, another story coming, uh, I think Wednesday, Vernon Wells, I mentioned last week, he's a coach at Colleyville Covenant, 15 years in the, the major leagues, baseball, and he was a good quarterback at Arlington Bowie. He's one of the coaches. Got to talk to him, so there'll be a story there. And uh, we also have the AP polls. Uh, week six also looks like not a lot of change. Uh, that's up tonight. And then, uh, you know, if I want, if I can plug in one volleyball note, <laughs> this is the first time we've been talking volleyball, but uh, it was a great story and uh, just one of those powerful interviews. Uh, I got a chance to go to Coppell last week and talked to uh, Pierce Woodall, who's a senior standout for the team, committed to Columbia University. Story got up there Monday. Go check it out on DFW Varsity. But uh, her dad was in the South Tower of the World Trade Center that, oh, wow. that day. And uh, her mother was two months pregnant with, with her. So she never got a chance to meet her dad. That should uh, be an amazing story. Yeah, it was. It, it is. And, uh, yeah, go check it out on DFWVarsity.com. Perfect. Well, thank you all for joining us. That'll do it for Brian and I this week, the Fort Worth Star-Telegram's uh, high school huddle. And we'll be back at it next week to talk about all the games and uh, inch close to the playoffs. Thanks.